morning. Good morning. Episode 67. Is it? It is 67. It's not 66. No, it's definitely not. Oh, yeah. God. We still haven't got this number <laughs> stuff I've, right. I've skipped one again. Yeah. Episode 67. Was I sleep during the last one? <laughs> I hope not. It was a guest. <laughs> so, well, it's been a week of guests. Yeah, we had three in a row, didn't we? Yes, yeah, so it's Which been quite intense in that respect. Unusual for us, yes. Um, yeah, lo- I mean, lots of podcasts are only guests, aren't they? But then obviously yeah. they're not daily shows like us. So it does get quite intense if you're doing it daily and guests. It does. <laughs> what are we talking about today? Perfectionism. Perfectionism. Why are we talking about Something perfectionism? this podcast is not. <laughs> well, we're, we're perfecting the art of working really hard on it. <laughs> Loving yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. I think we're gradually improving. Yes, yeah. Absolutely. Slowly but surely. But um yeah, if you're in a previous episode, which is probably a long time ago now, given the number of episodes we've done, um the um I talk about how don't let perfection be the enemy of action. Exactly. Yeah. So. Um and it's it's that that I kind of wanted to continue the theme. So um you know per- perfectionism can be great, um, obviously, like if you're an athlete. Um, well, define what perfectionism is, first of all. Then. Well, obviously, wanting something to be absolutely perfect before you execute it or when you execute it. So, as I said, if, you, if, you, if you're an athlete and, you know, um, you're a, a sprint runner, for example, you've got to beat the person next to you by, like, minute details of a, of a second, yeah. 0.01 of a or whatever. So, yeah. you know, you obviously are striving for perfectionism and any uh, top athlete is exactly that. You know, you look at kind of Tiger Woods and uh, Michael Jordan, people like that, and they are obsessed with what they do and they, they do it over and over and over and over again until it's perfect, which is, which is fine. Um, and, and the same with things like engineering. You know, if you, if you get in a plane... Yeah. You want to know that those engineers were aiming for perfectionism mm. or, or were perfectionists. Well, we were watching a Top Gear episode because the kids have suddenly got into, they found Top Gear on Netflix. Yeah, I know, which I think is fascinating. They love it. Yeah, they absolutely love it. But there was one, there was one episode in which the car that one of, one of the presenters was driving caught fire. Yeah. And, um, and it literally went up in flying. flames. Yeah, yeah. One minute it was, there was some smoke and the next minute the whole thing went up yeah. and they... And the presenter said, as he opened, he wasn't aware it was on fire until he opened his door and the flames came up and burnt his arm. Yeah. And, um, and that's another example of where you definitely want perfect, <laughs> yeah. perfect engineering, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, that was a, a, the, the company, the poor company involved, must have been a PR nightmare for them, but they released a statement, didn't they, that, you know, that was a prototype, it, it was yeah. not out on the market yet, and obviously that they would be correcting um, issues. But yeah, But it's absolutely. already done the damage. And I think yeah. that's what we all fear, right? Yeah. That's, like, we can all probably cite examples where something's kind of been thrown out there and it's not been it's not been as good or it's fallen flat or yeah. it's come under a lot of criticism. Yeah. But there's a difference between I think out and out because most of us in business are not necessarily involved in something that's going to be out and out putting people's lives in danger. No, exactly. Right? So or an athlete where you have to be the best of the best of the best. Yeah, so yeah. so you have probably enough room enough tolerances yes. to be able to navigate that, yeah. right? So I personally, as you and I both know, like because our, our, our relationship is like, how we approach things in business and in life, you're very, like, it has to look and feel and be exactly right before we go. Mm. 
And my stance has always been, no, 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 no. We'll work it out. Yeah. Just, just hit the ground and run. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and I, I see perfectionism as fear. Yes. And I don't see, I, I actually don't see it as an admirable trait. I do yeah. in, um, like when you start looking at like the elites, yes. like it's becomes really important there. But I actually don't see perfectionism as an admirable trait. I see it as a source of procrastination yep. and fear. Well, um, psychologists actually have um, state perfectionism as a disorder. Oh, really? Yes. Yeah. So um, that that's quite interesting in itself, and and it does. The, the reason I kind of wanted to cover it is it does hold you back dramatically right. um, if you're a perfectionist. There's lots of things that it will. Um, cause you pain with, stop you doing, all sorts of things which I'll, which I'll kind of go through and how you how you mitigate for those if you are a perfectionist. And it is, I think it isn't just about fear. I think it is, there's definitely part of it, but I think it is something that is kind of inbred in you as, yeah. um, as a child a lot of the time. If you went to, you know, a, a high-pressure school or you had parents that wanted, demanded kind of perfectionism from you all the time, I think it is something that you end up kind of growing up with that things have to be just so... Mm-hmm. before you can do it and that's definitely with me I always have to things have to be just right um, yeah, but I yes and I, th- I think it's a symptom of because you've mentioned on a previous episode that you have a um, a, a kind of thing about being a people pleaser mm, yes and I again have said to you like you and I've had conversations where we've both talked about the fact that that's about fear of criticism yes absolutely and and the reality is, people will always criticise, yeah. right? And, and the criticisms that you get aren't necessarily always anything to do with what you're doing. It's more about, it's more a power play by that individual, yeah. say, say in a Facebook group, for example, um, that you'll often, hear, you'll often see the trolls who will, um, like we've been in some uh, industry-specific Facebook groups before, mm-hmm. and there's always a handful of people that position themselves or want to position themselves as, the ultra experts in their field. Yeah. And anything that doesn't look exactly right or, or anything like that, they, they will just pounce on it and they'll yeah. tear it apart. And yeah. it's almost like a, it's it's like a territory thing almost. Yeah. It's like, right, I'm the, it's like, they're basically saying, I'm way better than this because I would never do that. And mm-hmm. it's like, you've got to give people a chance to grow. I well, mean, and also they focus on the wrong things. Yeah. When, when you're focusing on this perfect way of doing something or way of presenting something it's like well where's where's the human connection to start with yeah. and and where's the growth of your business if you're focusing exactly. on all of these things you can't move forward uh, so many people we've met that are obsessive about the perfection side yeah um they they the the numbers don't support their activity yes and like in other aspects in life i think it's um I think it's like it's important to strive for. So, for example, if it's something that you're, I don't know, it could be a piece of like some a piece of art or something you're crafting, and you've got a very clear idea as to what you want the outcome to be, and so you want to, and you've got all the time in the world mm. to to perfect that yeah. craft, right? You'll all you you will make millions of imperf- imperfect yeah. versions. To get, and even what you perceive at the beginning to be perfect, when you get to what your version of perfect is at the end, you often find that that's nowhere near the perfect because yeah. you, your knowledge has grown, right? Well, and your even so, in, in that example, it's it's still subjective. It is subjective, you know, yeah, that's what, a really important point. One person's perfect is, is somebody else's not perfect. I mean, a, a small example of this happened to me the other day that um, I was talking about, say it, in a, in a Facebook group, in a, in a PR Facebook group. 
um, it was a new group I joined and I was just introducing myself and the, and the things that we do. So Say It is one of the businesses we have that's a video collection service. Yeah, yeah. which is our, our um, as you say, video software as a service platform. And um, um, we tend to write Say It, S-A-Y, capital I-T, but as, as the one word together. Yeah. And, um, but the website is SAY-IT. Yeah. Um, and so I just explained it and I put a link to the to website and I got about 17 or 18 comments that liked what we did, but they said that they saw Say It written as salt. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and that when they, but as they were reading it, they thought oh, I was going to be some kind of, you know, uh, cooking something or other yeah. or, or culinary expert or something. They they didn't read it properly at all and they said, you know, you need to be putting say dash it. I would never have seen that myself. No. You know, so my, oh, it looks cool without the gap and and, and I see it as say it. Yeah. They saw it as salt. <laughs> yeah, which is nuts. So, and, and you have, and I could have taken exception to that because um, they were all talking about the that way more than they were kind of talking about the product. And I was yeah. like, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. But they, and I could have got funny about that, but I was just like, you've got to have your ego removed it's like okay I'll keep the dash in yeah um you know whereas I think other people would be like no I really want it to look that particular way and and you've you've got to be open to other people's not necessarily criticism but just how they see it Um, yeah perfectionists don't do that no they don't and um and we see it with uh, design is a really interesting Mm -hmm. one right because everybody's got an opinion on design and we we've seen it in in our own businesses where um, we've had individuals say, oh, yeah, but can we just have it like this? Or can we just do that? And all yeah. this kind of stuff. And we've had a couple of individuals who they will not budge. They won't do yeah. anything proactive in their business until they've got the colour right or the font right yeah. or a particular piece of wording right. And to the point where they're really, like, kind of happy with it. But they obsess so much with the... the and, and again, I think it... And typos. Oh jeez! Oh, so it's the people that have pulled us up on typos in the past, when they they've been like, you know, I'm not being funny, and you, whenever anyone says that, you know they're about to be funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know you're gonna get a slap in the face. Yeah, exactly, and um, yeah, and then they they pull up like a typo, and they've completely missed the point of whatever it was that you were yeah. writing, or how successful that piece of well, copy even... has been, or whatever it is. They just focused on one tiny typo that. Or everybody a, a, or they would change the grammar slightly. Yeah. And it's like, really, guys. And the the thing is, it's it is about in business. It's about implementation, and yeah. the numbers are what matter more than over and above everything yeah. else. It's like, how many people are you actually reaching? How many people are hearing about what you're doing? How many people are engaging with what you're doing? Uh, how many like how many of your potential customers are actually getting the response that you, or actually responding to the stuff that you're putting yeah, out Yeah, I mean, you, you take that copy example. If you've got two pieces of copy and one's got a couple of typos in it, but it's a powerful, emotive, engages your audience, captures their imagination piece of copy, yeah. as opposed to a really bland, I don't know, talking all about me, me, me type piece of copy that's written perfectly. You know, yeah. which one's going to work? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, we, what I found interesting is um, there's one individual that comes to mind in particular that would continually give us, like, kind of feedback, let's say, <laughs> around copywriting, whether it be on a web page, whether it be on email structure yeah. or anything like this. Yeah, um, we, we were involved with them in, a, in, in business to the point where we would have to um, help them when they got stuck, right? So 
invariably by stuck I mean that they may have had a challenging customer or they may have dropped the ball or something with a particular customer so they were then having to deal with a complaint and so what we would do is when we were asked that for that help we would say to them right look um, show us what you've been sending this individual so that we can get ourselves up to speed then we can help you navigate how your next communication be and how we can help you resolve this complaint and invariably when we got the email thread it was <laughs> it, it was verbose and broken yeah. and grammatically just all over the place yeah. and angry and 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 I remember you and I sitting there going this is really strange yes. because the copywriting that's happening in this email exchange by this business owner doesn't reflect any of the back and forth that you and I have had about yeah. cons- like marketing copy or website yeah. copy and all this kind of stuff. And we c- there was a massive detachment. And that's when the penny dropped, I think, for me in... Uh, Ah, perfectionism is tied to fear. It's mm-hmm. about fear of having anybody turn around and say, I don't like that or I'm not interested. Yeah. So that's why they obsess about that thing. And the moment they do get anybody that doesn't uh, agree with them, and, and I'm talking about this particular individual, by the way, this, is, this sounds like a massively blanket statement, but the moment that person had anybody that didn't wholeheartedly agree with mm-hmm. them, they just fell off a cliff. Yes. They, they just typed whatever was how they <laughs> felt. Yes. And then when... And that's what you've got to constantly reflect on. It's like, I'm not saying, for example, I'm perfect. I'm not saying that my, by my jumping in all the time, headlong, without things being perfect, is the right way to do things. But that's why you and I work so well together. Yes, because well, that's as, what I was about to say. Yeah, there's a, there's a middle ground between us, definitely. I mean, I yeah. have become less per- perfectionist, um, I think, as I've got older and had longer time in business where I've realised certain things don't matter as much as I thought they did yeah. and that the numbers are important and, and that the... Results is what matters, Yeah, right? and the most important thing is just, just to get, get it out there and get, get going. Um, but at the same time, there obviously is a level of quality that you're aiming for. 100%. Yeah, you um, should have a baseline, yes. right? It's like you don't build a car, a four-wheel car, and then go, okay, well, I'll only go out with three wheels, no, right? Exactly. So you absolutely have to make sure all four wheels are on there. But does it really matter if if the colour is purple or lilac or, or do you no, know, whatever? Exactly. Do you know what and I mean? people so. think excellence equals perfection, and it's not the case. You yeah. can have excellence without perfection every time. Yeah. Um. I mean, even some of the the best, you know, copywriters and uh, marketers in the world will make the odd mistake. I've seen it. I've countless times yeah. where I've been reading a web web copy or something, and there's a small typo, or yeah. there's you know, um, uh, like. When, when you flick to mobile or something, there's something that overlaps ever so slightly or whatever that, that some people would obsess about. But yeah. I barely notice because I'm, I'm interested in them and what, what they're selling me or, or whatever it is that I've gone on that website for. Well, I suppose it comes down to what, what, are, what are you the expert in in your business, mm. right? So, for example, and I go back to the... I always have hairdressers for some reason in the hair. <laughs> I think I've used hairdressers as a reference point a hundred times. It's because you've got such golden locks. Oh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, not, maybe it is a subliminal thing. Maybe, <laughs> like, subliminally, I'm worried about my hair all the time. <laughs> anyway, um, the, if you take a hairdresser, right, the, the, best, the best thing a hairdresser in my simple brain could be is a really bloody good hairdresser, right, in terms of when you go in there, there's a relationship that's being formed, and when you leave that place... You're really bloody happy with the result and you feel like every time you go in there, you get a, a, be- a really great experience 
by dealing with that person yeah. and the product or the service or whatever always beats your expectations. It feel right? good, yeah. Yeah, and it's and, and and that's what I'm paying for. I'm not paying for the nicest website in the world. I'm no. not paying for whatever it is. And yeah. and so as such and so the hairdresser is committed mm. to creating a great experience for the individual. So yeah. they may not always get it right, but yeah. there's but over time there's a level of trust that's built between hairdresser and customer that even if they go off a little bit, yeah. they know that that hairdresser has got their back and they're committed to creating a great result for that person. Yeah. And that is all that should matter. Yes. It's not then for the hairdresser to go home and go, I'm now a website developer. Yeah. I'm now a logo designer. I'm yeah. now a, this and making all of that perfect because you can be fantastic at what you do and have everybody raving about what you do without having the most amazing website and the most amazing whatever. It's like... And that's where you should focus. And I think that's the bit that a lot of people that have an issue who have fear about selling, yeah. have fear like or have fear about rejection, have fear of all this kind of stuff. They hide behind like certain like I've got to make this the most perfect yeah. leaflet in the world, or the most website, yeah, best yeah, yeah. website in the world, or whatever it is. And it's like no, you just have to do the best service you possibly can. Well, it also stops people from getting started. Like you, you were just saying, like the, the most perfect leaflet, just as an example. In, in so many kind of scenarios, and especially a lot of people listening to this at this time in, in January 21, um, maybe starting out in business. It's, it's like the record number of people that have been starting businesses over the last six weeks or something. Oh, really? Yeah, because of obviously everything that's changed in 2020. Wow. Um, so, you, you know, you may be starting for the first time or you may be pivoting to something new. And, you know, you, you've got that leaflet and, it, and it's not perfect. And you've got this... Uh, I mean, not now because everything's virtual, but just just imagine that there's a physical networking event that you're going to, right? So your leaflet's not perfect. So you think, oh, okay, I really wanted to take them to that, that networking. Oh, I can't attend the networking event without leaflets because I need to have the leaflets and they're not perfect. So I just won't go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah? And, and it becomes your excuse Yes. Um, that you're, you're not making those leaps that you're scared about, you know? I mean, we used to go to events all the time and I'm not saying this is necessarily <laughs> the right thing to do, but without business cards, didn't yeah. we? How many thousands of times did we end up doing that? Yeah. And normally it was just because we'd forgotten it because we had so many things going on. Yeah. Um, but you end up swapping numbers with someone on a mobile or something instead. Yeah. It doesn't. It shouldn't hinder you from doing certain things by not having the right, necessarily the right tools with you or the right, you know, whatever it is. I think the thing is, I think you have to commit. Whatever you're doing, you just, it's your, it's, it's like we said on previous episodes, you have to commit that this is a learning journey that you're about to start. This is, I'm going to get better at this craft, but I'm going to start at yes. the craft. Yeah, like, yeah. All the other add-ons, like, they'll come as you get better and better. It's like, say, for example, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, um, as opposed to listening to it on, on like, Apple or whatever, um, one of the things that you'll notice is we're forever playing around with the blessed video content side. Yeah. And, and, it's a little bit bumpy along yeah. the way, but as but we we didn't stop the YouTube stuff. No, like we didn't say okay, we'll wait until we've got it absolutely right before launching it because we knew one of the hurdles with YouTube and video was us doing video. Yes, you know yeah. that was one of the biggest challenges, and we knew that video had to be part of this podcast because people consume things in different ways so we kind of just jumped in with both feet and said we'll yeah. get better over time well we wanted this to be an authentic experience you know uh, the proof 
to people that, you know, we are growing, we are doing this in front of your eyes, we're not kind of making that up, um, both in pivoting our, our existing events business, creating the new Say It business, and doing this podcast alongside yeah. things. So we kind of want people to, to see that journey and, and not to be embarrassed about seeing that journey. We're all human at the end of the day. Absolutely. And, and I think, as I've said before on other podcast episodes, you know, the, the seven, eight figure gang project this perfect image that you go from zero to everything being right and perfect and making a huge amount of money and overnight success and all of this. And, and that's not real. That's not how business works. No, it isn't. And, um, and in fact, it was really interesting having Craig Matley on the... We did an interview um, about a week ago now with uh, a guy called Craig Matthew. Have a look through the episodes. Uh, who's in the events industry, and um, and he's he's involved in um, building an event that runs over a weekend. They have about thirty thousand people come over the weekend to their event. Bournemouth Sevens is what it's called, and we got talking about um, like event delivery as a whole. And one of the things that we all recognised was that. Uh, there's a saying in uh, events where it's held, like behind the scenes, it's all held together with gaffer tape. Yes. You know, there is, there is a lot of running around so that to make things just work and get delivered. Yes. And I think that's really helped you and I, the events industry yes. has really helped you and I have this approach in business yes. and kind of get rid of this idea that things have to be perfect. Yeah. Your customer has to have a great experience with you, but that yeah. great experience can still happen even when things fall over. Yeah. It's how you make that person feel about doing business with you is what's important. So some of our strongest relationships we've had in Smiley Booth Photo Booth Hire, for example, have come off the back of the fact that something went wrong. Yeah. And it, and they were like, this isn't good enough. And we were like, absolutely, it's not good enough. And we're going to move hell and high water just yeah. to get this right for you. And, then, and we do. Yeah. And then we get out the other side and... They're huge advocates yeah, they of what back. we do. Yeah. Yeah. And they love what we do because they they know that we it's things do go wrong or things sometimes miss the mark, but it's our commitment to them that's what's important. Mm. So it doesn't matter whether you're a hairdresser, it doesn't matter if you're selling candles or if you're building websites or you're doing whatever it is. It's what you're doing is you're you're making a commitment to the other individual that I'm gonna make this right for you and yeah. I'm gonna prove to you that your investment in me was not just worthwhile but above and beyond yeah i think the biggest thing is that you care yeah i think that that's that's really important that you care i mean i bought um a course recently and i wasn't happy with it because in my opinion it had been advertised incorrectly it was Mm. saying that it was going to do certain things but when I did the course, it was quite basic. Um, and so I, I complained and I, I was like, this, this is, and they said, well, it is a course for beginners. And I was like, well, that's, that's not, not what came across in your marketing. So they have refunded me and mm. they've offered me like a credit for their more advanced course and all sorts of things. But it's made me, feel, I, I, whether I do that or not, it's, it's made me feel better about that company. Yeah. Whereas had they not kind of corrected that, I'd have had a bad taste in my mouth and you know wouldn't have recommended it to other people, etc. Whereas the actual course itself was a good course, it just wasn't suitable for me because yeah. it had been miscommunicated. Well they pitched it at well, the wrong level. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, I think people get very afraid of mistakes and it's and oh God, if I make a mistake that's it forever. You know, everyone's gonna hate my business, I'm gonna lose everything. And you can actually grow so much from mistakes, not just personally, but your business in just demonstrating how you handle that. 
Yeah. Um, it can really, really help. Yeah, and you and you only have so much time, mm. right? So let's suggest, for example, you're in a situation where you've invested in some widgets that you've said, oh, well, I've managed to buy these things in at this amount of money. And if I can just sell each widget for this amount, I'll make X amount of profit. Then the goal is how many relevant people to that widget can you find and say, do you want to buy it? Yeah. That's that's the goal. The goal is not, okay, well, how do you make yourself and the, uh, and the brand? And the people obsess about brand. And it's like, yeah. when you're starting out, you're scrabbling around. It's a scrappy game, right? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, well, if I've got 100 widgets, how do I find 200 people and hopefully sell to half of them? Yeah. You know, 200 relevant people. Where would they hang out? What would they be interested in? What would I have to do to get them to buy? Yeah. And... And that's how you have to think. Don't don't waste your time trying to create the most perfect social media page and growing on all or logo stuff. or something like that. So yeah. I see that a lot in groups that people are fumbling on their website. You know, I'm ready to launch, but my website is not quite there yet. And it's just like just launch. <laughs> well, I, I see it. So we've joined a couple of podcast groups. Oh yeah, I saw that this morning. And actually. there's there's so many conversations on there of individuals out there who are. Um, they're like, oh, we're going to launch in February. So yeah. we're doing this episode in January at the moment. But they've been preparing for this since last year yeah, yeah. to launch in February. And don't get me wrong, <laughs> we haven't got a big audience by any stretch of imagination <laughs> and they might they might have it right and we might have it wrong. Yeah. But for, from my perspective, when I saw that, I was like, why haven't you launched already? So yeah. I didn't say that, but yeah. it, you've got to hit the ground running and with everything because you want to get your... You want to get your testing and your experience in as quickly as possible so that you can... Because there's stuff that you just don't know until you're in it. Yes. And, and it's whether it's your sales process, whether it is your marketing, whatever it is, until it's up running and you're knocking on people's doors saying, do you want to buy this or do you want to do yeah. this? It's like, it means nothing. And you kind of want to make those mistakes when you've got a small audience. God, yeah. You know, you want to, you want to learn your craft when, you, you know, we don't no disrespect to any of our guests that we've had because they've all been fascinating and, and I'm really pleased that we had them all but but we're not going to be approaching like big famous people with massive amounts of following yet until no. we've learned how to the interview techniques and how to get the most out of a guest and things yeah, kind of at our level yeah. what platforms exactly. you've used yeah. yeah I mean just in that short amount of time so a lot, for example a lot of the platforms uh, other podcasters use things like Zoom and that to interview yeah. That was a nightmare for us yes. in terms of the quality control aspect. Yeah. So we've we've learned on the on the go. It's yeah. like okay, we'll not use that. We'll try this system out. And the last couple of uh, podcast episodes have been way more stable yeah. for, in terms of interviews and video content and yeah. things like that. Exactly. But we could have easily have not done any of that. Yeah. And and yeah. So you're and it's the same as say it. Yeah. It's like when so say it's the video capture platform that we've we've got, which is a way to connect people for gifts. And we're doing some uh, work at Moment Care Homes. Mm -hmm. We're doing a lot of work with people who have birthdays and celebrations because of COVID, they can't be together. So they're using Say It to, mm -hmm. um, to bring everybody closer together, which is great. But we're listening constantly to the feedback we're getting. And when someone says, I'd love it if it did this instead, or I don't see the point of that. It's like, great, okay, let's change this. Let's yes. adapt to that. Yeah. We haven't waited until we have the most perfect... No. 
and and in the real world as well because i i had some kind of criticisms towards our developers a little bit because uh just at the speed of things were moving and and just the way a couple of things had, had kind of fallen over with with um some of our customers and and they they kind of came back at me with well, this isn't the way you would normally do things. You know, normally you'd go into testing for however many months and then you'd go into... The, and I was like, but that's not the real world. I mean, that, mm. that might be great if you've got a huge amount of investment behind you or, mm. you know, you're working for the likes of, I don't know, Fuji or um, Nikon or something like that. Yeah. Um, but it's it's that's not how it works in entrepreneurship and in a small business. You have to get scrappy and get out there and, and test as you go. Yeah, and I love scrappy. Yeah. I, I, I think... Um, Anybody in small business, micro business, scrappy is where the fun is, yeah, right? Is because exactly, you're yeah. you're constantly going, hang on. I mean, we were talking about this this morning. You 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 had the penny drop on a particular strategy this morning, and you were like, I had this conversation with this person, and it's realised it's opened up this whole market here. So what we need to do now is we need to build this, this and we can stick it over there. Yeah, stuff like that you can do in small business. that's really exciting. We did it with Smiley Booth, yes. Photo Booth Hire. It was like you can pivot really easily, oh. much more than big businesses can. Yeah, and the rewards are instant and obvious. Yes. Right, it's like the moment you get somebody go, yeah, I love it. Let's mm. let's go forward. That's that's huge. It's way more exciting than working for a big corporation and, yeah, and yeah. all this kind of stuff. It's like the feedback loops you have are so obvious and you want to, and you, you don't get those feedback loops when you're sat at home on your computer or laptop trying to oh, I just <laughs> change this bit and I just change that bit it's yeah. like you don't you that's not real feedback no absolutely I mean the, the probably the biggest example uh, of that that everybody would kind of relate to um, or, or recognize sorry is is Steve Jobs mm-hmm. so if you look at either one of the kind of documentaries that were made on him um, that the films, um, he, I didn't realise the time gap here, but he was ousted in by Apple in 85. Um, and that was because of his perfectionism, because right. he was a nightmare. He would take products right to the edge and then drop them because they no weren't way. perfect. He would fire really talented people. Right. And there was all sorts of things that his relentless perfectionism just caused all this friction. So obviously he was ousted from his own company. He didn't come back until 97. I didn't realise it was such a big gap. Wow. Um, and even when he came back, it was still problematic. He was causing all... He was firing, like, whole departments and all sorts. <laughs> he was putting everybody on eggshells. It was only when he dropped his perfectionism, the Apple sword. Yeah. Because he could finally get what was these amazing products to market. Yeah. Before, he, he just wasn't getting them out there because it was relentless perfectionism. Yeah. Um, and it, as I say, it was only when he, he kind of dropped that trait... Not dropped it completely, obviously, it's... It, 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 part of the genius of who he is or was um but um but he just mitigated it and got out of his own way and got out of the company's way yeah so then it could really really grow well apple's a really interesting one as well because apple's a good example of like being very focused on what feedback loops to pay attention to and yeah. what not to pay attention yeah. to in terms of like because they're i like Apple have got a lot of criticism over the over recent years because they're like, oh, Steve Jobs isn't there. They're not developing things the same way and all yeah. this kind of stuff. But they still do things that completely shake up the industry and they do it, they think so long-term about stuff and they really understand what their position is in the market. I mean, one of the most jaw-dropping ones in recent times that I saw that I thought there's no way, there's going to be a backlash and there's no way anybody else is going to do this, is when they drop the charging brick... Mm-hmm. From their mobile phones, like when you buy, 
Yeah, it was like, because before you'd get this box, wouldn't you? And you'd have charging brick, headphone, everything in it. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's a premium product, right? So not okay. only have they increased the prices over recent years, they've now reduced the amount of stuff you have in it. Yeah. And they, and they made that out to be down to... Uh, environmentalism. Like environmentalism. Yeah, I was on their website stuff. yesterday, actually. And it was saying that they, by reducing that, that size of the box and the stuff that was in it, they saved something like 450,000 cars being on the road or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but when you think about it, it's genius, yeah. right? And and now Samsung have done the same thing. Oh, have they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They followed suit. They've got rid of it. And you can guarantee that all of them are going to end up dropping charging bricks. And it makes sense because you have charging bricks lying around the house yes. most of the time, right? So, but... They they could have just solely relied on a feedback loop about the, the immediate response. Maybe was no way I would never go without a cheap yeah. charging brick. And but nobody stuff. stopped buying it. Nobody stopped buying. And it. there's your numbers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's about it's it's about like concentrating on certain feedback loops and ignoring other feedback. Yeah, loops. and the profit margin that they would have got on that. It's huge. And now that you have to buy the AirPods if you want. You know, well, you're about to get a, you're yeah. about to get an iPhone. Yeah. So we're currently got Samsungs at the moment, but you're going back because we used to have iPhones. You're going yeah. back to iPhone, and so you're in this deep now, aren't you? You're looking at all of their stuff, yeah. and um, I find it fascinating. So, but as a small business owner, I mean, we don't have the luxury of what Apple, where they have these teams where they're assessing all of these numbers. Yeah. And we've got to do that all ourselves, right? And sometimes our feedback loop is just like. Mum, dad, brother, sister, <laughs> friend over there. Do you know what I mean? But again, and it's subjective. That's their perfectionism. Exactly. So when you've got a mate that turns around and goes, well, I don't like the colour of your website. Have you thought about purple or blue yeah. or whatever it is? It's like, okay, that's one person that's giving yeah. you that feedback, right? Is is that is that a big enough influence? Like, does how many sales or how many, how many of your customers are actually responding negatively to the colour of your website or the colour of a particular product or whatever it is? Ask who you want to engage as a customer. Stop Stop trying to be a mind reader of who your potential customer is. Mm. It's like if you've got, let's say for argument's sake, if you're selling candles, just for argument's sake, it's it's like, well, you're sat there going, well, I'm going to preempt exactly what all my, I'm going to create the most perfect product and, and then I'm going to, and they're all going to love it and I'm going to send it out there and they're going to love it. It's like, well, no, you're going to love it. You don't know if they're going to love it. Probably the best thing to do, if you're going to make, a specific scent or anything like that is go out to your potential customers and say, what would you like? Yes. What am I not doing today that you'd love to have? Yeah. And get them to tell you. because And then you create what they want and then go out and they go, that's perfect. Yeah. It's like, let them be your feedback. Loop. Yeah, absolutely. And they don't necessarily, I mean, it does depend on, on price point and stuff, but they don't necessarily care what box it's in or whatever. It's, it's as you say, that you're ticking the box that they asked for, that they well, wanted a certain... You need to ask them what is important to them. You yes. say they don't necessarily care. They might care about it. That's what I mean. It depends on, as I say, like price point and, and your audience and stuff. But it's, I think the point is that you're trying to make is, is assessing what's important to somebody else and not always going from your, your own perspective. Yeah, well, it's important to the people that matter. Yeah. It, 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 so that actually move the needle. Mm-hmm. So well, going back to the whole Apple stance, right? They're... They knew the they knew that yeah there was going to be pain in doing this, mm. but the number the, the people that matter in the business are, are looking at all the numbers and saying yeah but if we just make this change it's going to do this yeah. to the business 
they knew, well, that's what matters. What doesn't matter is these people that we've conditioned for the last decade, yeah. that they always get a power break. We know they're going to hate it. Yeah. So we're not going to listen to that feedback. Loop yeah, yeah, because yeah. if we just get through this pain, the number impact is massive. Yeah. And don't be afraid to be polarising, I think, is the other thing as well. Yeah. I mean, we, we had um, in Smiley Booth for a long time, um, people, uh, some people not liking the logo. Um, in association, which, are, which was what Smiley Booth. Yes, you're talking about yeah, Smiley Booth. In association yeah. with, with uh, what it kind of represented. Some people would say that they thought it was quite um, like they associate it with with like a, a children's entertainer or right, something right. like that. Um, and because our colours were kind of red and yellow, sometimes we'd find that quite difficult to create, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, marketing materials because those colours kind of jar a bit, and. Um, but on the opposite side, people recognised us immediately. Yeah. They'd, you could literally just put, because we, we've got smiley faces in the word booth, so B-double-O, the two O's are smiley faces. Sometimes you could just put the smiley faces on something and people would know it was, no, us. It was us. Yeah, because we had them deliberately designed, so we owned those faces. Yeah. Um, but interestingly, the criticism we got was from the same type, t- of, people. type of people Absolutely. that we knew were obsessive about certain aspects. Yeah. And um, who never produced numbers yeah. off the back of that work, and it was like, uh, like I'm all for, I'm all for getting criticism. I think it's if I'm if I'm going down the wrong road, um, and and someone says, look, you you shouldn't go that way. If you just do it this way, you'll find life a lot easier. But it has to be from a credible source. It has to be from somebody that's already done what I'm trying to do. It can't, there's a lot of people with a lot of opinions about just everything mm. that shouldn't be talking they yeah. shouldn't have an opinion it's yeah. like because they've not done what you're trying to do we've got it with the podcast from people who've never created a podcast before in their life yeah. and and they go well have you tried thinking about or have you done it's like where's your experience coming from <laughs> yeah. and some of them in fact many of them that have come up with that opinion don't even listen to podcasts no so you've, you've got to be it's it's like okay is this a qualified response yes is this is this does this qualify them to be in one of my feedback loops because if it doesn't just nod your head and ignore them yeah yeah definitely it's, definitely just be polite <laughs> great, great great thanks for your time yeah, you've got to realize some of these things don't matter i remember a, a name debate um <laughs> with one of our, our business interests and um and this was kind of going back and forth with a few different people and and it was really frustrating because everyone had a different opinion. And then somebody came in with an opinion um, where they were just like, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It really, you, you can sell anything. It doesn't matter what it's called. And that person happened to be the top salesman. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, they're right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really, why am I listening to all this noise? It doesn't matter. It's no. not important in the scheme of things. We just need to move on. Yeah. And we need to establish our reputation for who we are, no matter what the name is. Well, we were being sucker punched into the perfectionist yes. thing. Everything has to be perfectionist. Yeah. And one of the reasons, it's important to, that's why self-reflection all the time, self-critical, like, not self-critical as in reinforcing self-doubt. I mean, as in, is my behaviour behavior moving the needle or mm. is it actually stalling it, right? And is it actually coming from a different place? And what I mean by that is, Sometimes we ask too much of what we're trying to create. So let's say your website, for example. Website's a really good example of how people... It's been... A website has been, for donkey's years, has been touted as the way that you get all your business. Like, have a great website and you'll get loads of traffic to it and 
loads of people will be asking loads of inquiries and you'll make loads of sales it's like so it just needs to be done correctly so loads of specialists have, have, have sold everyone this pub mm. that a website is your everything it's not it's not your everything at all um it's it's a shop window at best yeah right so but to think that but the problem is people obsess about how a website should look and behaves um so they spend all their time because what they're trying to get it to do is they're trying to get it to attract people to it they're trying to get it to be really interested convey what they actually do generate leads and create sales all in one go and it's like well a website doesn't do that on its own it does it as part of a holistic approach to your marketing strategy, but it never will ever, ever, ever do it as a singular piece. No. And, and that's the same with the leaflet you're obsessing about, or the business card that you're obsessing about, or the T-shirt that with your brand on it you're obsessing about. None of those things as a singular will ever give you a sale. No. What will give you a sale is you. Yeah. Especially in small business, right? Putting yourself out there constantly and talking about your passion yeah. for business, the business that you're doing, right? Yeah. And I think it's, it, it is difficult not to listen to some of the noise around you and, and um, people's opinions because it's, it is connected to you. You know, it's, it's your core, your business a lot of the time. Yeah. It's, it's your kind of stamp on the world. I actually heard a, a podcaster referring to it the other day, or, or maybe their guest, um, as uh, when you've got your baby. You're mm. not going to talk about your own baby as ugly, even if they are. <laughs> <laughs> you know? so, and it's the yeah. same with your business. So it, it's, it's very much kind of a part of you it's like your left arm or something you know mm. and so it, it is difficult but you do have to I think the biggest um and easiest advice that we could give and as you said earlier is just to really focus on those numbers because that's that's your true north you know yeah. that's that's the the one thing that you can you can kind of rely on um, well it's not just the the business is your baby it's also it's nobody wants to feel like the, nobody wants to be known as the idiot and mm. nobody wants to be or the fool um, and the problem is when someone turns around and says, don't get it, or it's not very good, is it? Or, or anything like that. What that's doing is that's discounting. Not You didn't just start this this morning. Yeah. And, and, and everything just magically appeared by the afternoon. It's whatever you've got out there in, in your business has probably been, you've had sleepless nights, you've yeah. worked... You've worked weeks, months, years to create this thing. You might have dumped a ton of money in this bit. Yeah, your heart and had to like kind of persuade your other half or family members that this is a really good idea and everything else. And and it's it's directly related to who you are as a person and mm. your reputation and everything. Yeah. So when someone comes along and criticizes it and everything else, it's perfectly reasonable to feel pain because yeah. of it. You know, because it's it's insulting. Yes. It's, it goes right to your core as to who you are and what you're about. Because because they're not just they're not just criticizing your business. No. They are criticizing you because they're basically saying, "Is this what you've produced? Yeah, yeah. You have produced that, yeah. and it's it's crap." And it's yeah. like that hurts because because we live in a very critical society. Yeah. But. And we're not immune to that. No, not like at all. someone turns around to us no. and says, "In fact, one of your one of the previous episodes, we talked about a sales call that you had, mm -hmm. where the person completely dismissed it out of hand. Yeah. So they were like, yeah, well, isn't it like this? Uh, isn't it just like this other product? And yeah. it was nothing like this other no. product, but it was very dismissive and backhanded. Yeah, and it hurt. Yeah, but but I turned them around. 
<laughs> you turned them around, yeah, you called them back, you called them out on it, yeah. and you're like, no. <laughs> but but my point is that that still shouldn't mean that you, you should allow for perfectionism to enter into your world. Well, you also, know? perfectionism won't ever fix that. That's ever. true, yeah. You know, you could... You're still you, going to get that. Yeah, absolutely. You could create, in your opinion, because as I say, it is subjective, the most perfect website, the most perfect leaflet, the most perfect sales page, Facebook page, whatever it is, and you will still get criticism. It's yeah. just the way of the world because it is subjective. And also because there's people out there that just want to tear you down. Yeah. Um, so you you can't do it. You can't let perfectionism stop you. And, and it has loads of other um, uh, kind of bad things associated with it. You know, it will cause more stress in your life. It will, um, it will stem your creativity. Um, because you you know you'll be you'll start to be afraid to kind of try new things or think outside the box. It will cause friction with your staff or, or your freelancers because you'll end up micromanaging everything mm. they do because you know you want it perfect or worse. And this is definitely what I'm guilty of. You want to do it yourself because nobody does it like you do it. Yeah. And I've had to battle that massively all throughout career, haven't we? Because um, yeah. I'm always like, oh, I can do it better, mm. and um, and I don't want to deal with the the back and forth we're trying to get somebody else to do it my way but I need to let go and realize that their way might be better yeah you know um you'll have unrealistic expectations of your of yourself and your business that will lead to disappointment you know there's so many things that perfectionism causes and it's as a small business owner or an entrepreneur it's 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 something you've really got to let go well it's realizing that perfectionism doesn't create perfect results no ever like, and it's the result you've got to obsess about. It's yeah. um, it's not it's not it's not the the actual like making something look really great. It's like the perfect result is what you're always aiming for, and the perfect result genuinely relies on speed. Mm. Like in nearly everything we've been involved yeah. in, speed has been the key factor. Yeah. Um, and in working out what works, what doesn't, and just. Implement, implement, implement constantly. It's one of the reasons why we were on episode 67 yeah. and we only started a couple of months ago. Yeah. It's because it's we want to get good at podcasting and also identify, right, okay, what do we get wrong? What do we get right? Who, yeah. Does anyone care? Yeah. You know, and um, but we commit for the long term. And we do that in business. Mm. We do that in every aspect of it. And life. I'd say actually thinking about what you're saying that, say probably every time we've failed with something is when it's been when we've dragged our heels yeah um whether that's been perfectionism or another reason but yeah i'd say that every time we've something's kind of got bias or a competitor's got an advantage in us or we've just dropped the ball it's been because we've we've dragged our heels in some way and in fact one of our most successful businesses um <clears throat> which we've talked about in another um episode because we, we stopped because Unfortunately, it wasn't enjoyable, not because it was... It's just a procurement company. Yeah, it was a procurement company, and that moved at speed. That yeah, really that went moved. from zero to hundreds of thousands turnover within a couple of months. Yeah. It was, it just, the needle moved on that so fast. Yes, yeah, and um, as I say, unfortunately, it, it wasn't enjoyable, it wasn't for us, so, so we stopped it, but... But yeah, that that was probably our fastest success, and it was because we were just laying the laying the track in front of the train and, and building as we went. It, well, and also the people that we were doing business with understood that we could move at speed. Yeah. Um. It was it was a very easy thing to hit the ground running, yes. wasn't it? It's just very stressful. Yeah. So, um. But yes, yeah, speed is is in any aspect of business is I would say is. 
the most important thing yeah. over and above everything else. Yeah. Because it's better to be in a situation where you have too many leads yeah. or too many people asking for your your business and you're, you, you can't yeah. solve the uh, logistical aspects fast enough than the opposite. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're better to be you know, on a sales call with somebody, um, telling them about your product, your service, your business, whatever it is you do, and them going, yeah, it sounds really good, but but have you got a brochure or something you can send me? And you're like, oh, crap. Yes, yeah. of course I've got a brochure. And then you create it. Yes. Rather than spending the previous month creating this wonderful, perfect brochure that you don't know if anybody wants. Well, in, in <laughs> particular, the, uh, having that conversation with somebody when they do finally ask you for a brochure, you'll have a better understanding as to what they're expecting to see in that yes. brochure. Yeah. If you've got them something that you've predetermined they might like yeah. weeks or months in advance of that conversation, then it might not be relevant. A big chunk of that information might not be relevant. Yeah, exactly. But we often run on that principle, yeah. right? It's because we can... We can work out whatever that marketing material is in direct response to yeah. that direct that company's yeah, needs. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I've got two things that we need to create this weekend based off calls that I've had during the week. Yeah. Um. One one person wants like a walkthrough, of, like a digital walkthrough of how the how system works, which I hadn't really thought of doing before. Now they said it, I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. And another person wants some marketing material to send up to their like head office. Yeah. Which I, I need to kind of put together. So yeah. But you could have not had those conversations yeah. because you could have been obsessing with creating things like that. Yeah. Before you even pick up the phone to them. Yeah. And in fact, we have that conversation with franchisees quite regularly yeah. for Smiley with Photo with Hire, where they'll, they'll say, well, can I have this and can I have that? And it's like, absolutely, we can produce all of that for you, but have you picked up the phone? Yeah. Have you actually spoken to these people yet? And it's like, well, no, I was hoping to get all... No, 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 no. Just pick yeah. up the phone, get yourself known, and ask them what they want. And then we'll, we'll create all the stuff you need, yeah. but make sure it's what they want, because otherwise it'll just land on their desk will land in their inbox and they'll never look at it. And it just becomes an excuse. Because in that example, we've had franchisees um, maybe berate us at times when we've not, or our design team at the time, haven't produced something quick enough. Yeah. And it's like, oh, I'm really waiting for this because I want to approach this client. Then go approach the client. Exactly right. You don't need the leaflet first. No, no. <laughs> you know, well, the not... reality is most people won't read that leaflet or that brochure, whatever it is that you're producing for them, unless they've got a reference point. And... and in particular, if they if they don't know you, the chances of them opening it and paying any attention is pretty slim. But if you've already had a conversation with them mm. and they really like who you are, not only will they probably open it, but they'll probably spend time properly looking at it yeah. because they like who you are. Well, in small business, they're buying you. Yes. You know, and I, I saw a post um, yesterday in a in a business group. I can't remember which one it was. And um, and I disagreed with it. There was this this woman was um, saying that she'd been on a, a Zoom networking call of some some sort, and um, the question had been to all the people on the call, "What's your USP, your, your unique selling point?" And loads of people had, had been kind of like, "Oh, it's it's my approach and my my way of doing things and my friendly manner and stuff mm-hmm. like this." And she was getting really annoyed, saying, "That's not your USP. USP is something that's totally unique to you." And, I disagree. I think mm. your USP is you a lot of the time. Definitely in small business, yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, not in Apple or whatever, that's mm. fine. But yeah, in, in, in small business, the, the way you get your sales, and, and especially if you've got a service-related business, 
is you um, and the way you do things and the way you come across to someone and and, you know you will just gel with someone and a leaflet is not going to do that for you well that I I see the whole stumbling block especially with startups when they talk about USP and business planning and and mission statements Mm. and all this kind of stuff that's another great example in my view of perfectionism it's like procrastination and procrastination it's like okay I need to get this exactly right I need to get this wording exactly in, most, in nearly every case, I mean, I used to be involved in, when I was, before we got into business properly, um, I used to be in corporate banking. Yeah. And one of my roles in corporate banking was I, I volunteered to be a coach for, it was, a, it was like a youth uh, exercise by the, I think the local council or something, where they would take uh, teenagers right up into their early 20s. I think there was some adults and so on in it but fundamentally it was people that wanted to start a business and they needed some business advice like some coaching mm-hmm. and what they do is they'd have regular calls with me right and we'd and several times a week each week I'd, I'd be on a call with somebody and they'd be like well what do you think about if I did this in the business or what do you think if I do that and I'd have these regular sessions with people and in nearly every case they their first and most challenging bit for them in their business starting out was how do I write my mission statement? Mm. How do I do my forecasting? And how do I, and I used to say to them all the time, just stop. Yeah, just <laughs> like, get out there. What is it you're trying to sell? And, and they'd say, well, I've got this widget and it's amazing because it can really, right, who would buy it from you? Yeah. And, they, and they'd come up with a really clear idea. We'd sit there and talk it through and they'd be like, really good. I said, can you find me one? Yeah. Find me one person like that and sell it to them and tell me what you learned. And it's like, that's all they need. And, yeah. and the problem is most people spend so much time in the planning and the obsessing about the numbers. In fact, Cyan Kid said on our, uh, on our episode back in 29, episode 20, 29 or whatever it is, he, um, it might have been just before the episode, but he talked about he's never seen a spreadsheet, forecast spreadsheet no. that's ever come true. No. So yeah, people obsess about getting those numbers perfect. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. Have you made a sale yet? No. Okay. No. Let's focus on that more than anything yeah. else. Well, remember our um, our mission statement and values uh, piece we did, I think, in 2016. Yeah. We've been running since 2010. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think it's important to do those things once you've, you've, you've got an idea of how things work. Yeah. Especially if you've got staff. Yeah, it's as you grow. And the same with the branding. You know, we had Liz as a branding expert um, on one of our episodes and I wouldn't ever want to take... Liz Ellery. Liz Ellery. I wouldn't ever want to take away from the things that she was saying about how important your branding is. But I think you need to get going first because you, you need to understand what your business is about. Yeah. And if you are someone that is a self-confessed perfectionist you're you're hearing all these things and you're going yeah that's me um get other people to do that so that you know you're still going out there get other people to put to obsess over where to put a button on your website or whatever and you know get freelancers in and just let them run with it and you focus on the 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 sales and the and the conversations with people and the getting out there yeah i mean your first few conversations in business um will be exactly that like your first few sales rather in business will predominantly come from conversations that you're having with people. Yeah. And the only way you get to have conversations with people is just by knocking on doors, reaching out on LinkedIn and Facebook and, yeah. and all of those kind of things and just making yourself known as the person that does that thing. Mm. And, then, uh, and then when it's relevant for them and if, if, they're, if you've chosen wisely, they'll come to you and ask for the service, irrespective of how great or bad your website is or anything yeah. else. 
they'll entertain a conversation with you. So. And, and I think that's something that's really exciting about right now, January mm. 21, that although 2020 was a car crash for, for most people and we're all kind of reeling from that, it's, it's an exciting time. There are so many new businesses, new ideas, people pivoting. There's a real kind of, in, you know, just creativity in the air. And yeah. people are really kind of connecting with each other. It's, you know, it's being made so much easier by the fact that everybody is Zooming and, and um, using things like Clubhouse and all sorts of things to just have conversations yeah. with each other. And I think that's become a really big thing because we're not able to connect necessarily with the people that we would normally on a daily basis you know go to the office or um i don't know in the in the school playground while you're waiting to pick up your kid you're not having these normal conversations with people yeah. you're moving that online and everybody is is kind of opening their eyes and opening their hearts to to new ideas and new new um perspectives yeah and i think and that's when business grows and that's when p- new and exciting things come from stuff and it doesn't revolve around perfectionism at no, all no not at all yeah like, let's just suck it and see and see if this works and that's yeah. exciting there is it's it's very uncomfortable when you start and especially if you're doing it on your own you definitely need so here's a great example right we have smiling entrepreneurs has a facebook page and as part of Smiling Entrepreneurs Facebook page, we have a Smiley, Smiling Entrepreneurs group. So if you're listening to this right now, um, go to the page and join the group. Our aim for that is to create a, a collective of like-minded, aspiring entrepreneurs or existing entrepreneurs who can share some of these strategies. Yeah. And you need that in business. If you're on your own or... If you're not around people that are talking like us uh, all the time, then you, that's the place to be because we want to create that group where momentum, speed, and just taking action is paramount because yeah. that's the best way you're going to learn in business. Yes. Um, so, yeah, check out that page. And, and if you are sitting here thinking, oh, yeah, perfectionism is, is definitely where I'm at, then, um, yeah, you need to mitigate that. Get that out of your life as quick yes. as possible. Yeah, so I think that's kind of a a good place to end this podcast is if you are recognising yourself as a a perfectionist, um, which I certainly have those traits, um, just just mitigate that. Be aware of, are you procrastinating? Does that really need to be just so? And and good is good enough. And that's kind of what I try to live by now. Yeah. Um, When I see it in myself that I'm like, it's got to be just right. It's like, nope, good is good enough and get it out there. Yeah, agreed. That was episode... 67. 67. See, that's, a, that's an example of, the, I never know what number we're on. <laughs> there we go. So, have a good day. All. See you tomorrow. Bye. <laughs>